0: From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Scoreheim. Welcome to Cairo Nights. It's
1: Friday night. I'm Jake Skorheim, your host. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. You could be spending your time doing anything, but you're hanging out with us. I really do appreciate the fact that on a Friday night, you guys said, no, I'm not going to go out and have fun. I'm not going to go to a club. I'm not going to go have a nice dinner somewhere. I'm going to sit in my car or in my house, streaming on my Alexa or something, and I'm going to listen to... Tyra Knights with Jake Skorheim, which is what I want you guys to do. And so thank you guys for tuning in and hanging out with us. But right now, because it's Friday night, I get to hang out with these two guys. I hope it's a good idea. I hope I don't have to uh, hit the bleep button too many times. But here they are. Chris Sullivan, Nate, the great Connors. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. I'll be going to the club later. I don't know who
2: goes to the club. You're on your way to the club? (laughs) I don't know who goes to the club at this time of day. No, clubs don't even start jumping until like 11. Uh,
1: You mean it's so people don't go to clubs at 7 o'clock? No.
2: When do they go? around 11. Yeah, when, yeah, 10, that's 11. What club, yeah, that's when Nate and I usually Wait end a up. Minute. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you'll you'll see us out yeah, there tonight. The people, are people yeah. not eating dinner at 5:30 because that's when I eat
2: dinner. <laughs> no, no, you know regular people eat at 8 and then they go out and uh party. All right. Well. Yeah, that hasn't been me for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> right. You still got the you still got it down though. Play the music, me. guys. Come oh. on. <laughs> Jeez Louise, here we
1: are. The 3 We are the 3 amigos. We
2: are the Go, go. Eagles, and forever will
3: be.
1: Yes. Thank
2: you
3: guys for hanging out.
1: <laughs> yeah, certainly. Alright. Uh, we got a lot to get to, so let's just get to it. At the start of every show, you guys know this. I play a trivia clip. I'm not gonna tell you what movie it's from. You guys can both Based on your responses, and don't spoil it for the audience, because I need to entice them to listen to the 8 o'clock hour, too, so they can guess on the text line. I will also tell them the answer to this at the start of the news roundup, which is exactly one hour from now. I'm going to play this clip again, uh, and I hope that people are going to get this one. This one's a little dark, and it's a little scary. It's also the longest clip we've ever had, so it's just about a minute long, but it's so good. And it's so good. You ready? Here it
3: is. Yes. You know, by the end of that first dawn... Lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks, maybe a thousand. I don't know how many men, they average six an hour. On Thursday morning, Chief, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland. Baseball player, bosom's mate. I thought he was asleep. Reached over to wake him up. Bobbed up and down in the water. It was like a kind of top. Upended. Well, he'd been bitten in half below the waist. Noon the fifth day, Mr. Hooper, Lockheed Ventura, So us, he swung in low, and he saw us, he was a young pilot, lot. younger than Mr. Hooper anyway, he saw us, and he came in low, and three hours later, a big fat PBY comes down and starts to pick us up. You know, that was the time I was most frightened, waiting for my turn. I'll never put on a life jacket again. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out. The sharks took the rest. June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb.
1: All right. If you guys have a guess, I think you're probably gonna know what that movie is. Chris, Nate, don't Hmm. spoil it for the audience. No,
2: exactly. As soon as that actor said one word, yeah, then you know. Even even though the music also gave it away, but a, a, a wonderful recounting. Of someone's personal journey through the sinking of the USS Indianapolis in World War II.
1: Yeah, which was a real event. Real event, yep. Yeah, and the movie that that just came from was a fictional movie, but... Incredible. Incredible. In- scared the heck out of me as a kid. Now, again, don't say the name of the movie. Scared the heck you, out of me. Do you guys remember the first time you saw that? It's yes, Friday, I do. It's a Friday show, so I feel like I can just I know kind of exactly. Talk about it
2: was on TV. We had, uh, I think we had HBO... As a family back oh. in the 80s because of where we were. I realized you came from a Richie Rich yeah. family, Chris. Uh, at a certain <laughs> part when something happened early to mid, scared me to this day. Yeah. It still does. Yeah. I'll tell you off the air to make sure I don't give it away. But, oh, great, great. movie. So good. So good. I and still they, don't know what movie it is. You don't? No. no you, oh, yeah. Do you I, wow. not? Really? No, I don't. So I'm, I guess I didn't oh, see it. Oh, my god! Oh, you saw it.
1: Oh, Oh, yes, I know you saw. You saw. It. Oh, you saw it. Should I silence? A- I'm going to silence my microphone. What, really? I'm going okay. to tell you what okay. it is, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, do you know? Okay, I just yeah, told yeah. you off the mic right. what it was. Okay. Do you remember seeing that for the first time? Yeah, I do now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those movies that just has such an impact. It's, a, it's based on a book, and then they made it into this unbelievable God, movie. Such a great so movie. good. The production of that movie apparently was a disaster because it was this <laughs> super. Uh, Famous director now, super yep. famous director, one of his earlier projects, maybe maybe his first movie actually, uh, so, so bad they were thinking many, many times about like, all right, how do we fire this guy off of this production, get rid of him wow. and bring in other people to finish the job because he just wasn't getting it done. And that speech in particular, I'm not going to say the name of the movie, but I will say that the guy who gave it is a character named Quint. Uh, oh, well, now he just gave it away to everybody. You can't <laughs> wow. say that. Does that give it away? Come yeah. on. I don't, no, no, no. That Seriously. Could be, that could be anything.
2: Well, that would have given it away to me, you know, when I said I you didn't can, reckon. Yeah. You can, we're going to have to bleep really that, that. No, no, no. no I'm not, not going to bleep we're, it. Like bleep we're not going to okay. bleep, no. no, bleep it. No, we're okay. not
1: going to bleep it. Uh, do you guys really think that gave... Uh, whatever. Of course fine. that gives us a help. No, 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 no. You no. might as well tell them that one of the main no, characters is... No no no. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say the main character. Don't say the main character. This is a really mysterious one. I don't think <laughs> people... I don't think people are going to well, get this one. you hadn't said his name... No, no. I'm not, I'm not going to give you any more clues. I'm not kidding. But... But... <laughs> Here's the thing. You may
3: as, when, as well just said the director's name. No no, 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 no,
1: I'm not going to say the director's <laughs> name. But when Quint is sitting there giving that speech, and you look over. I'm sorry, I said the name again. But when Quint is sitting there giving that speech, ah, I said it again. and you look over, and you see Chief Brody. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Would you, geez, you might as well, come on. No, There's right. only that one name left. There's no, no, only one name. And I actually can't remember his name, otherwise I would have said it. He said it in the, in the clip. Does he really? All I can say is he's played by a wonderful actor. whose name is Richard Dreyfuss. Mr. Hooper. You guys know who oh, that is? Mr. Hooper. <laughs> Mr. Hooper. That's it. Mr. Hooper. Yes. Mr. Hooper. I
2: mean, how many Academy Awards are in out of those three people that you just a didn't lot. almost mention? Uh, a lot.
1: A lot. Uh, plus the fantastic director. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Plus the director, who we won't say, but he's done a lot of great stuff. Oh, hang, hang, hang stuff. on
2: a minute. We'll say his name, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that speech, really quick. And then we got to get to other stuff. But that speech apparently was not, this is a, this is what the legend goes, that was mm. not in the original script. Or at least it wasn't in the original script to that extent. So he just kind of ad-libbed that? No, no, no
2: The director...
3: Kinda...
1: No, so Spielberg... Oh,
2: oh come on! This is ridiculous, That's guys. It, This is just ridiculous. Right. I apologize to everybody who's listening to this I'm not right now. Say,
1: no, we don't say the name of the movie, but okay, so, so far, I mean, if you want to put the piece together, Quint... Brody, yeah. Hooper, Hooper, Spielberg. No, yeah. yeah. Besides all those. And one other main character. Bro- He's got no, a no, great no.
2: smile. No. He's got a really big smile. It's a <laughs> great set of teeth on What a disaster. No.
1: What a disaster to have you guys on. This three amigos thing <laughs> is not working. This is you, the last time we're going to do it. You're the one who let no, loose know, all me. I know, but it's because I'm and trying might to... As well go down <laughs> with the ship. It's because I'm trying to, like, impress you guys. <laughs> oh, you ruined it. I, What? <laughs> well, the line from the movie, you were referencing uh, the bigger boat line. No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to be I was a making a veiled yeah, reference to the yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. and now you've totally given it up. Uh, don't say don't say the name of the movie. Hmm. But that speech in that wonderful movie, when they're sitting on that boat called the Orca, which should have been a bigger boat, uh, was originally written by John Milius. You guys know who John Milius is? No. Fantastic He wasn't writer. a shark, was he? <laughs> Chris, that's too, that's too that's far. That's too much? That's too much. All right, that's too much, Chris. That's ridiculous. Have some respect for the audience. Yeah. man right. Jeez Louise. Yeah, sorry, can't take me anywhere. So John Millius uh, Spielberg calls in John Millius and he says, hey, I need to, I need somebody to like you know, pepper up the script a little bit. We need some help here. So John Millius comes in and the rumor is, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard this from a couple different sources and I read about it in one uh, in one book. Uh, John Millius comes in and in like a day, turns that speech around and says, "Hey, what you need here is you need like this really creepy speech." That Quint could give to the rest of these guys to let them know why, why he hates sharks. Because if you look in the background of all of the scenes with Quint, this guy hates sharks. Yeah, he does. Oh, he sharks. I'm saying. Killed it's... all of his buddies on the Indian, Indianapolis. <laughs> no, but we don't understand why he hates sharks, yeah. right? We just know that he's like kind of an obsessive fisherman right. who's in this creepy little town like Amity Island or whatever it was called. Mm. And so, uh, really large fingernails on chalkboards. Yes, 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 yes. And so, but we don't understand. And then when we go visit his uh, like shark killing area where he has like, he has all these shark mouths, right? Yeah, the memorabilia. And he's and boiling all the stuff, stuff oh, and yeah. like, he's just creepy. But we don't understand why he hates sharks. And so, Milius was like, hey, what we need to do is like come up with a really great reason why this guy deeply, deeply has a real grudge against sharks, if I'm yeah. being completely honest. Mm-hmm. That's what he's got. Yeah. And they came up with this Indianapolis thing, which is fantastic. And it's like the most, probably the most memorable thing in that whole movie. Would you guys say? Well, I mean, other than the shark. But, uh, oh, no, we've already said shark.
2: People know. Yeah. Shark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Other all than right. all the other stuff that happened in the movie. Other can I now all- tell
1: you what the part that
2: scared me now, since we already know what the movie is? Don't say the name of the movie. Can okay. You we'll not say the name of the movie. Ahead. All name right. <laughs> When they're looking around that old abandoned boat. The one out in the water. Uh, in the out in the
1: water. Early. Yep. Dude's head pops out of the yes, hole. Scared yes. oh, the yeah. heck
2: out of me. Still
1: does. Here's, here's a question for you. Uh,
2: still scared the heck out
1: of me. This is actually a problem with the with the movie. And again, sorry guys, it's Friday night. We didn't plan on talking about this, but Friday nights are kind well, of fun night movie night. nights. Yeah, yeah no, that's for
2: sure. And I, I I'm still trying to hold the secret of the title of the movie. Well, don't no. say the name. It's of the movie. a struggle at this don't point. Don't say the name yeah. of
1: the movie. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, but if you guys know on the text line, good luck. <laughs> If you don't know it by now, uh, yeah. I question your uh, your life choices. So when they look in the hole in the boat, right? And the you and it's a real it's a jump scare moment. It's a yeah, great moment. Yeah, in the movie. I mean again, imagine an eight year old seeing that. I was like, ah Yeah, I did too. Why does everybody see it at eight? Like the movie came out far before I was born. My parents were like, I was eight. Sorry. Yeah, my parents are like eight years old, they need to show this here. Oh, you were? <laughs> Maybe ten. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that old, yeah. All right. Well, you look you look very young. Anyway, so the head kind of floats down there. Why is the head still in the boat? That doesn't make any sense, and then the size of the the size of the bite on the boat. I mean, when you look at what right is head size, it doesn't yeah, really so it doesn't really make sense, like why he would still be in there, and like how did how do you get in there? That's why they're trying to fire the director. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. They said there's some kind of script consistency problems here. We need to get we rid. We like of to call that continuity in the biz. There you go, continuity. Thank you. All right, uh, you
2: know why a, this movie didn't scare me as much as it did you guys? Because the first scary movie I saw was The Exorcist.
1: Oh my. Oh gosh. well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. No, I can't see. Well, I'm not trying to change the no, no, movie no, subject. No, I'm just that's all, saying no, that's, no, that's really why this movie, movie... I'm glad you brought that up Yeah, uh-huh. because I have never seen it. Oh, my gosh. gosh. And I will never see it. Okay. Because yeah. I that stuff really, like, honestly, and I, it, it sticks with me. It haunts me. That one will. Yeah. Because well, that
2: one is more overt than this movie that we're talking about now that will remain nameless because <laughs> in that movie, it is the illusion of fear because you don't see one of the main characters... Until the very, very end in the movie that we're not talking about. So it's the mm. illusion mm. Yeah. of fear and the not knowing and the anticipation of fear. The exorcists, they're just straight out coming at you. Oh, yeah. And that Oof. is so, I mean, a different types of scariness.
1: Yes. Also, but, one is supernatural. One is, you know, just this giant predator, obviously, that oh. we're all fearful of. <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah. Am I giving away? A just piece? say no, that. No, 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 was no. A shark. no I will, will not say the name. We have name, not mate. said the name nope. of the movie. No, there, is, there is a contin. Right, Chris, continuity. continuity. There's a continuity <laughs> here. Okay. Every single show, I give this trivia question out, and okay. people have to guess it. And I'm not going to ruin that mm-hmm. by being lazy. And have being you ever given
2: this this, the, this many hints before? These many hints before? For have I ever spent 13 minutes talking about the trivia? <laughs> about the opening trivia thing? That's 30 seconds as part of your show. No, I have not. Well, no, I have go. not. Again, but- that's why Nate and I are not coming back next week.
1: <laughs> but it speaks to how great of a movie this is. So if you guys haven't real. And if you haven't seen this movie yet, guys, like, you got to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a good movie. You're going to yeah. like it. Dentists love this movie. Oh, no. Chris, that's too far. <laughs> all right. Well, did I guys, jump the shark there? That, Chris, geez louise, dude. Go all night. This is not like a dad pun. This is not a dork hour, Chris. This is like, we're cool uh, guys. Why did you invite me? All right. We're Seriously. cool guys. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to some actual stuff. All right. We can't keep talking about movies. But I will say one more thing real fast about The Exorcist. Exorcist, yeah. My wife loves scary movies. I'm a big one. I cannot you know. watch them because I actually believe in these things. Uh. So when I watch something like The Exorcist, or and I would never, uh, but which is see, based
2: on a true story, that's yeah. just based on yeah. 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 Salem's Lot, the same kind of thing based on you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Children of the Corn, right?
1: Yeah. All these things based on real things. Yeah. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, <laughs> uh, other scary things. I can't watch them because they really stick with me. Now, Ghostbusters actually was based on a real thing. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, again, it scared the heck out of me. Yeah, this is one of the most truest documentaries ever Nate, written. <laughs> Nate's la- no, no, no. Nate's Nate's laughing at this, but Ghostbusters is actually based on a real thing. Um, Dan Aykroyd, who wrote that wrote that movie. Do you guys uh, you know Dan Aykroyd? He starred in the movie. Mm. He is actually kind of a certified level genius. He's like a really smart guy. People say that. I don't know if he's actually certified, but whatever, smart guy. So his family, I guess, like uh, for a hundred years before he was born. Have been in the business of communicating with
2: the afterlife, the
1: afterlife. No kidding. Yeah, and like I I guess that about him. I heard this podcast with him once, and he was talking about how his family used to do seances, Hmm. like. Way back in the day, and this was always a part of the culture of his family, and so as he got older, he was really interested in this, obviously, and then he had this idea for a movie, and he decided to write it up, and it became that's what became Ghostbusters. Well, then technically, I don't really think that that means Ghostbusters
2: actually happened or was a documentary, but the idea behind it. Yes, because I don't remember a river of slime under Manhattan nah, it, it, no. happening in real. Because we would have covered that in the news. <laughs> we would have covered that. in the news. <laughs> I, I, I think we probably would have covered that at CBS News Radio. Probably. No, that that did happen. Remember, uh, the, was it a six, seven, eight months ago? There was some green slime there that was, was coming. A slime. Uh, yes, yes. Maybe, Yeah, maybe that. Huh.
1: I remember that. Yeah. No, and then and then were, go up
2: to these days. I wonder. That was creep. That guy was
1: creepy. No, that was <laughs> yeah. The one that, was horrible. Talk about, about no, no. That one horrible. stuck with me big time. That one stuck with me. <laughs> Uh, That scared the heck out of me. But no, the the slime thing that you're talking about, people started posting pictures because there was green, glowing steaming slime yeah. next to all of the gutters right. in the city. In, in New York. Area, in New York. How did I miss that? It was really fun, actually, because everyone's like, oh, call the Ghostbusters. Totally. It became, a, it became a viral thing for like a day. And yeah. you're sure that wasn't before like the latest Ghostbusters movie came out? No, no, no. Became, no, 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 was no, no. It, wasn't, it was not wasn't. So exploited. what they did was the city of New York actually responded to it and said, actually, that's a cleaning agent that we have put inside the sewers, and it like eats up bacteria yeah. and stuff. And so that's what you're seeing. You're yeah. seeing this green glow stuff because it's- which seems like what a city would say if they're trying to cover something right. up, actually. Yeah. Doesn't that seem like a city government Or maybe thing? that was
2: the way they were trying to exterminate those uh, insects from underneath... Uh, you don't remember that movie? <laughs> what? the insects that mimic the look of people is called Mimic? No. no.
1: Oh. Oh, oh, my, my, my. God. That was a really good All movie. All right, this has gotten too far Yeah. yeah. Now we're yeah. talking about Mimic. This is like, you know, the first movie we're talking about, it's I about know. a shark. I forgot
2: about the first movie, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. that's a yeah. trivia question. I know.
1: I just enjoy John with you guys. <laughs> it
2: is funny. <laughs> What? What? Dude. I didn't say the name of the movie. You know what? (laughs) You know what? (laughs)
1: the name of the movie. I, here's what I want to know. I may have said three of the no, no, four a, no, letters here, out of the Here's movie. what I want to know. Because I, I know Chris, and Chris, I've known him for a long time. Yeah, yeah. His brain doesn't work that fast. <laughs> How long ago did you come up with that? About 90 seconds that popped in there. <laughs> He's been waiting for the moment to... Yeah.
2: I just dropped that mimic reference in there. I don't He's even like, know if that's I the name of the movie. This but Really? It. You sure <laughs> think you made that up? No, it's actually a movie, I think. Uh, Mira Savino, I think, is in that, right? Okay. Paul Savino's daughter? That's <laughs>
1: ridiculous. <laughs> I, you've been waiting. You've been holding that one for way... I mean, way... if I get to
2: go out and this be the last day of the Three Amigos, I'm going yeah. out fire. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. It's you, a good you may,
1: one. You may have killed it off. All right. Uh,
2: <laughs> we, we didn't get to any news. We don't have time to cover any news.
1: <laughs> That's it. We're actually out of time. Like, no joke. We're out of time. Huh, great. Guys, we got a lot of great stuff on the show. Uh, I'm going to ask now Nate and Chris yeah. to leave so that we can actually get to some <laughs> of this great stuff. I hope you guys stick around. Please forgive us for this Three Amigos segment, but I actually have fun with it, so I think we should do this again next Friday. I mean. Chris, thanks for hanging. Nate, thanks for hanging. Pleasure. Maybe Nate Thank and I you. could pick the movie. So that way it's maybe a little more obscure. I, no, no, we're gonna have like some mimic clip. Nobody's gonna understand what that is. All right, we got a lot coming up on the show. Matt, tell them what we got. Well, I don't know how you top
2: that, but we're sure gonna try. It's DoorDash versus some drivers in the city of Seattle. Heather Bosch joins us to tell that story. From 710 Seattle Sports. It's our buddy Mike Lefko with another edition of Score Time with Scorehive. And our resident historian. Felix Finnell has the tale of some mysterious photos. Find out what that's all about and more headed your way on the Friday night edition of Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim.
1: Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest with me right now. Do you guys remember the pay-up ordinance? We've talked about this a number of times on the show. Basically, that was where the Seattle City Council was trying to establish a minimum wage for app-based delivery drivers in the city of Seattle. It has had a lot of downstream consequences, though, that I don't think they were planning on. At least, I don't think they were planning on them. Uh, but Heather Bosch has some details about how that's going now. Heather Bosch, welcome to the show.
4: Hi. Yeah, DoorDash is claiming that this new ordinance cost Seattle businesses $1 million in just two weeks for a loss of business. I spoke with a co-owner of an Indian street food restaurant, Spicewala, who tells me they are losing business. If we compare this January to January 2023, we've seen a decline of 30% in
2: our business on the third-party delivery apps.
4: Utam McTerjee tells me his restaurants are no longer turning a profit, and he blames that $5 fee that app companies like Uber Eats and DoorDash have added to deliveries in Seattle in response to the new law. Anna Powell is with DoorDash, and she defends the fee.
0: Just like with any other business, when you see the cost of business going up, you know, you have to do something to kind of adjust for adjust for that
4: cost increase. She says the Seattle law requires app-based drivers to make more than 26 bucks an hour now. And this is not about, about paying just the minimum wage. This is about paying well above Love that. But app-based delivery driver Kimberly Wolf, she isn't buying it.
3: Oh, the, the customers! You know, we had to pass it on to them, but now we're losing customers. Oh, woe is me! It's all a bunch of BS.
4: Wolf helped develop Seattle's new law, and she argues these app companies have been making money off us for years. You know, we're their fleet that they don't pay for. She insists it is rare for a driver to actually make $26 an hour. She says they only get paid from the time they accept an offer until the time they deliver it, which is usually less than an hour. Supporters of Seattle's new law says app services have money. Yahoo Finance reported DoorDash revenue increased in the fourth quarter last year by 27% year over year to $2.3 billion. Spicewala survives on much slimmer margins.
0: If we do
2: not see an increase, in sales uh, in February itself, we I don't know if we'll be able to sustain ourselves.
4: Powell says DoorDash is happy to sit down with city leaders to talk about modifying the law or repealing it, and that, Wolf says, is the point of all this. They're doing this on purpose, she claims. For these companies is to make sure that this law does not get propagated to other cities, other states any of that. According to Wolf, the app-based delivery companies have an end game that is far outside of Seattle's delivery areas.
1: You know what's really interesting about this? I'm I'm not like a... Um, I'm not a big fan of big tech, which is what these companies are. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I understand that DoorDash, Uber Eats, uh, to me, they all kind of fit into the same category as, like, your meta or uh, take your... whatever your social media thing is. They're all these big, giant tech companies. Working off the cell phones, yeah. Yes, and so I'm not like... I don't feel like they need me to defend them. But at the same time, when I hear this, I go, okay, you have a city that has said, we are going to arbitrarily force just one specific industry to pay their people more than the rest of the businesses in Seattle have to pay. What's the average minimum wage in Seattle? It's, it's like $19.97 yeah. an hour. Almost like 20. That. Yeah. Almost 20 bucks an hour. But for these other companies, we're going to say to you, because we think that you're a bigger company and you can shoulder that burden differently, we're going to force you to pay more. Just because they're a bigger company, is that fair? We already have a minimum wage.
4: They have uh, created a new dynamic here because it used to be, and there still are presumably restaurants who hired their
1: own delivery drivers. Yes, that's right? what it was when we were growing up. Yeah, people. Uh, would, if I ordered from Domino's Pizza, the person who showed up at my house wore a Domino's shirt and had right. a Domino's thing on the top of their car. That's no longer the case. Yeah,
4: the restaurant owner I talked to, he started his business in 2018, and he says they counted on that app-based delivery service. So they really bought into all of this. Yeah. And that, you know, I can see why people would have a lot of sympathy for these small mom-and-pop restaurants who say we cannot handle this fee. And also some of the gig drivers who are saying, I'm losing business. Customers are not asking for my services. I'm not making as much money as I used to. Yeah. But I also see Wolf's point, which is, look, these app-based delivery services, these these companies, these high-tech folks, as you mentioned, yeah. are making a lot of money. They don't necessarily have to swallow that $5 an hour. hour. Um, they, they they don't have to pass that along to
1: customers necessarily. Um, but but- it, se- but it seems strange to me that people would be so surprised that they would. Like, why didn't the people, why didn't, and I know you can't answer this question, but to me, if I'm a city of Seattle or a Seattle City Council member who, you know, I think this thing, they, they put it into, into effect in, or they voted on it in 2022. Yeah. They adopted it in 2022. And then it went into effect January of this year. Almost immediately, people just stopped ordering food. Right. Because they didn't want to pay the extra fee. Yeah. And then the drivers, we did a story about one driver. We talked to one driver who actually started his own delivery service because he couldn't make any money anymore on uh, Doordash, which is what he was driving for at the time, and he was driving for I think Doordash and Uber Eats. He, you know, they a lot of these yeah, folks drive I've heard for of them, and one. he
4: just charges his own flat fee. Yeah, and so he service. just said,
1: I'm just going to charge yeah. five bucks per per delivery, and if you want to call me up, here's my number. And, and that's only one person. And though. he's just one person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he said he slammed with business, and I so can imagine that. yeah, I mean, it's just like it's. I I wonder if they factored in these big app companies they can add a fee. Why didn't they think that they would add a fee? And now all these restaurants are suffering from it too. I
4: think they were warned. The city council was warned that there would be a fee, but this is an old city council. Remember, there's been a lot of turnover, and that's why the app companies want to go back to the dry, drawing board. Yeah. But, you know, again, You do have these people like Wolf who say, look, we've got these big companies. They've moved in. They've dominated. They convinced convinced restaurants you don't have to have your own delivery drivers. Shouldn't there be someone holding them to a particular standard, though? That's a a good question, I think.
1: It's an interesting question, and it seems to me that the answer is, well, they kind of have all the leverage. They have all the money. They don't have to to put up with this. They can just say, all right, we're going to tack on a fee, and if it means that temporarily we're going to lose business— those those business like Spice Walla that you talked to. Mm-hmm. Spice Walla, unfortunately, is gonna pay the price for Seattle right. City Council, maybe in my opinion, overstepping their bounds by saying we're gonna create this arbitrary number that app based delivery drivers are gonna make. And now nobody's making that money and the restaurants are suffering because the city council got involved in something they should have just like left alone.
4: Quite a a valid argument. Also an argument, though, that, you know, workers need to be paid fair wages. And just because you are holding all the money and have that leverage, does that necessarily mean that you get to um, make these decisions, that you're going to hold wages down? And use Seattle as an example because, as Wolf pointed out, they're going to take a hit for Seattle they don't care, she says, sure. because they just want to scare other cities and states from putting these rules in place where, look, you got to pay people a decent amount of money, not well, just the minimum de- wage, but gas money and other things that they're paying for.
1: But these are compulsory. These are not compulsory jobs, right? These are voluntary jobs. People are not forced to do them. If they don't see value in the job, quit the job. Like they Seattle can go has a, else. Yeah. Seattle has a minimum wage, and that's what we're seeing now. These people are saying, "Well, these jobs no longer have value to us, so the company will suffer." Like Uber Eats right now, probably doesn't have a ton of people who are willing to drive for them, or DoorDash, or whoever it might be. In Seattle, in Seattle, but in other cities, they're saying, "Yeah, we're happy to drive in other cities because we still make money doing this." I just don't think it's working in Seattle, so I, it's you know it'll be interesting to see what happens.
4: See how this shakes out. Whether or not the city council, this new group of council members, goes in and modifies the law, maybe repeal it. Repeals it, that's what DoorDash was. Yeah, they, want, who, they want it repealed.
1: Who knows? All right, Heather Bosch, thanks so much for coming in.
4: Anytime, always fun.
1: All right, we got a lot more coming up. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights.
0: You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim.
1: Welcome back to Cairo Nights. All right, I got two stories. Um, All right, let's see here. Matt, what should I talk about? Starbucks or the Beatles? The Beatles are more interesting. It's more fun. We got music to play. So, uh, Starbucks, Union Story or Beatles? Maybe I'll just try to do both really, really fast. All right. uh, Starbucks. This is from a CBS story. You can also read it at MyNorthwest.com. My Northwest has this story as, as well. Students at multiple U.S. colleges... Uh, yesterday, urged those universities to kick Starbucks off their campuses until the coffee chain the, the coffee chain changes its labor practices. According to organizers, actions were planned at 25 campuses across the country to protest protest not to protest how do you pronounce whatever protest the coffee giant's failure to negotiate contracts with thousands of baristas who've unionized over the last two years. If Starbucks was a student, they would have been expelled by now because of the number of rules that they've broken, uh, says a freshman at Georgetown University. That's why we're taking action, to demand that Georgetown let its contract with Starbucks expire and that it holds Starbucks accountable for its attacks on its workers. Um... All right, uh, the new the NYU, this is this is the part that caught my eye. I found this one interesting. At NYU, student, that's New York University for you guys who don't know, uh, students delivered a petition calling on the university to stop selling Starbucks coffee until the company changes its tactics. NYU responded and said, NYU will review the petition we've received. However, just to be clear, all the workers at the Starbucks affiliated with the NYU are unionized employees covered by a collective bargaining agreement with our food services contract uh, contractor. I think this is ridiculous that a bunch of students are stepping up and saying that Starbucks needs to be kicked off these campuses because they're not unionizing. Let Starbucks and the unions work that out. Why are these students stepping up? Listen to this. Uh, C- the Como News did this story. This like, remember this Labor Day strike we had here in Seattle. Como News. Talked about it. There was a there was a Starbucks who was actually shutting down because they said there was too many people coming into the location and it was no longer safe for their employees. We're getting yelled at, we're getting screamed at by customers that are upset. There's nothing we can do about it. The, just the the capacity is too much.
0: This Starbucks shift supervisor says the lines of coffee seekers were so overwhelming that he worried for everyone's safety. He says at times lines 85 people deep. So come Sunday,
1: I'm gonna pause it there real fast because I had this reaction when I originally heard this audio. Come on, you feel unsafe because you have a crowd? That's the point of a location. You're supposed to have a lot of people. I am not speaking from no experience here. I One of my first jobs, as you might know, if you ever listen to the show, I was a barista. I worked for a little shop called Tully's Coffee. Uh, they were attempting to do what Starbucks did, only they were attempting to do it better. They were priding themselves on the quality of the beans, all those different things. Anyway, they went under. They didn't do great. And it's not because they didn't hire great people. I worked there and we did really well at the location where I was at. It was very busy all of the time. We had lines out the door, commonly. I had to work at 4 a.m. to get the store open for 6 a.m. so that we could have the weekend rush at 6.30 on a Saturday morning. That's just the way these things work. Did I ever feel unsafe because I had people out the door? No, I did not. I didn't even know that was a word I could use to describe being at work. And if I told my boss at the time at Tully's, I don't feel safe here. They'd say, well, why? What are you talking about? Is somebody... Are you in danger? Are you okay? Did somebody come in and make threats against you? Well, no, there's a line out the door. It's really busy. They would go, uh, isn't that a good thing? Doesn't that mean that we're actually serving a lot of customers, we're improving their day, we're giving them what they want?
0: They protested visibly. More than 120,000 people are expected to attend this weekend's PAX West convention right in this neighborhood, but there are zero employees Inside this Starbucks location.
1: Again, this is back in Labor Day. This is not presently. This is from a Labor Day story that Como had on Starbucks. But it's a similar type of a story.
0: That's because they walked off the job and posted a sign to the door reading, quote, Unfortunately, Fifth and Pike is not open to serve you today. Starbucks has refused to staff this store safely, and we are refusing to work in unsafe conditions. We are on strike. We had a lot of people that uh, came and talked to us. People like these who tweeted their solidarity.
1: Tweeting your solidarity is the lowest form of support that you can give someone, by the
0: way. Another passerby told us she saw them demonstrating. They were passing out some flyers, just kind of explaining what the strike was about. A Starbucks spokesperson responded saying they respect their partner's right to do this, but that they, quote, continue to encourage Workers United to respond to proposed dates for contract bargaining sessions.
1: This is Starbucks problem. I understand that. And Starbucks doesn't need me to defend them. But what I will say is i find it interesting that all these college students are stepping up and saying hey kick kick starbucks off of the campus until they give you what you want that's i just that's not something i would have done as a college student but maybe i wasn't active enough as a college student maybe i wasn't uh maybe i wasn't as uh, mindful as i should have been you can make that argument that's fine all right uh i don't have time to get to the Beatles story right now we're gonna try to get to it later uh we have a lot of stuff coming up on the show so stick around Next, we got our news roundup. I'm also going to pay off that trivia clip, so stick around for that. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights.